for the beautiful ladies for the first time debuting New York City on two girls from La República Dominicana. Wows, wows, wows. Hey everyone, this is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast coming to you from New York City. And tonight we have a special guest. But before we get started, this episode is sponsored by ThubakShotTheRadio.com, where you can listen to this interview and high quality. As well, we will be available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and other streaming platforms. And also, everyone get ready. This October, we're heading to the Dallas Bachata Festival located at the Sheraton in Dallas-Fort Worth. Please, people, book your hotels right now. Artists, lineups will be coming soon. As well, people, 
They'll be having their amazing Halloween party, parties all night, workshops, performances, and so much more. And today, people, we have a gentleman here that, for me, I have seen his growth over the years. We've grown up in the same scene. I've actually looked up to him for many years. Him growing out in New Jersey, me in New York, our paths across for many years, seeing him going from a sacero to a bachatero, but most of all, an amazing family man and director of Step Out Dance Studio. We have here the amazing Jesse. Yeah. What's up? What's up? Thank, you for, the, uh, thank you for the introduction, man. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, to share my story. Um, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. I mean, like I said before, our paths are crossed many times. Uh, we've been to the same socials, even performed on the same stages, even me having the opportunity to film you myself. And man, Jesse, just your overall experience and your journey is definitely why we had to have you here on the platform tonight. Oh, thank you so much again. Yeah, well, last time we saw each other was in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, watch out the festival 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and I'm not going to lie, when I saw your performance, I absolutely I just had to stop and stare because for me too, it's uh see so many performances over the years, but also too, what I love, what separates many artists is really the connection that you have with your partner, the connection that you have with the music. And also again, shameless plug, you're representing the tri-state area. Yes, so we want to give you much love here. And you know, Jesse as well, while we're having the interview, we'll be having some comments coming in as well. So big shout out right now to Daniel Collins saying that video so musicality Daniel. point as so well nice. as Nadia. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, man, honestly, Jesse, like I've talked to you before, having this platform is so important for me because having the opportunity to have artists share their stories from their own accord without someone else kind of telling their story for them or their stories and journeys getting lost over time. I mean, this is why I have this platform because artists like yourself that have put in the work for so many years uh, that, you know, turn from just novice dancers to studio owners and making that transition is amazing and awesome to hear. And as well here, we got some, I would say really royalty in salsa, my man, Mike Movimiento Garcia. Mike. Always yeah. giving me love, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. And, you know, for me, Jesse, as I do with all of my guests, I, I always ask this initial introductory question and understanding because a lot of times everybody just sees us as artists on stage. They see what we do. They love what we do. They take our classes. They watch our, our videos. But a lot of times they don't really know who we are or even know that we've, we have a life outside of dance. My first question is, is uh, as I always do, is taking it back, way back, and, and asking the initial question is, Jesse, who is Jesse before dance? Wow. That's, that might be a long one. We might need another episode for that one. But all right. So I was born in Elizabeth um, with two brothers and a sister, a mom and dad. Um, I actually was the reason why they got their residency. <laughs> um, so growing up, I looked up to my, my brothers and sisters, and I actually went through a lot of different changes. So I, I was into skateboarding. I was into drawing. Um, 
And actually, when I was maybe about 10 years old, I was that's when I first started performing in front of my family events. But you're gonna laugh. Uh, I was first into village people. Okay, I, I ain't gonna laugh. I respect it because I gotta tell you, I do respect it. I mean, the songs when I got older, I understood like, oh, this is what it was about. No. <laughs> and then transitioning to menudo. Okay, I mean that that kind of is it seems obtainable. It seems reasonable. Okay, I used to study their moves. I used to sing and dance with my cousins, always doing shows. And actually, my mom always thought I was gonna be a menudo. But mm. I didn't. <laughs> uh, from there, let's see, skateboarding. Then I got into uh, vehicles, like uh, hooking up cars. I went to school for uh, auto collision um, and mechanics. And then tried that out. Didn't work out. Then worked for Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. I was a trainer. Mm. Uh, for many, many years. Actually, that's where the salsa actually started. Mm. Wow. I mean, just seeing kind of that trajectory and, and realizing there's those moments that kind of the dance or the art form kind of falls into your lap. So what, what was that initial moment like? How did that happen? All right. So I was in this, in, interested into this uh, in this girl. Mm. Um, and she already knew how to dance. I didn't know the difference between um, merengue, salsa. I would think Victor Manuel was merengue. Oh. I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so she took me to a class for the first time. And shortly after, we actually worked together. Shortly after, she got a job in the Secret Service. Wow. Yes. So she had to move to DC. And I used to see her after work every day. I would drive five hours to go see her. Wow, that's okay. dedication. Dedication. So after a while, I was like, let me do something nice for her. I don't know how to dance. She already knows how to dance. And actually, we went to this Mexican place um, in Secaucus. I think it's called Chevy's or Chichis. Mm -hmm. And that's where I saw Grisel Ponce. And I'm not sure who her partner was at the time, but they were dancing. And she was like, I want to dance like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So my big surprise would be while she was gone, I was going to start taking classes. Mm -hmm. So my older sister, I said, look, I said, I want to learn how to dance salsa. So we went up to Millennium. This is... 2001, oh. we went to Club Millennium in Jersey City, where Ismael Otero and Jesenia Peralta were teaching. We went there once. After that class, we fell in love. My sister said, we're going to go every week. That was the last time I saw her take that class. <laughs> <laughs> Next time my sister took class was many years later with me. I was teaching her. Mm. Oh, what's up, Josh? Josue Torres. Yeah, Caribbean soul. Man, so you just like, just you, now you see the, the, the flashbacks are just hitting. And, and like you said, it's very important. What many people don't know in Jersey, especially me, I was lucky enough to know at a young, 
young age in Jersey when Caribbean Soul hit with Grisel, with Yesenia, with Ishmael, and the whole collective of artists that came with within that, realizing they really changed the game in terms of the salsa dancing. Because before it was kind of a uniform structure on how things ran, but now as you're getting into the 2000s, you know, times evolve, artists evolve, the Absolutely. art form evolves. And I mean, that's awesome to have your first teachers, official teachers, actually be Ishmael and Yusenga. Yes, yes. Actually, from there, um, a lot of, in my generation, uh, we had a lot of uh, dancers, uh, not, not including like Grisel, but we have a lot of dancers like Elvis Reese, who has his own studio, Ama Montuno. We have Gio that is now a DJ. We have a lot of people that spawn, like uh, Jamie Josue. Mm -hmm. He had his own studio, Jay Bonilla. Actually, I used to teach there. Thank you to him. Um, but yeah, we have so many talented artists that you know stem from the Caribbean Soul Tribe. Man, and so initially you're taking these classes, like you said, your sister started, but kind of halted <laughs> afterwards. My question to you is, um, what were those initial moments like? you know, in those classes with them at the time, was it kind of a easier process or was it kind of, was it more gradual along the way? It was gradual, but it's the, the, the actual students that were there that made it so much more worth it. It was, they were very inviting. After that class, we would like go like every day of the week, we'd be after work, we'd go and meet, this is back in like the Copacabana, Tuesday yeah. nights, Latin quarters. Every day there was a place to go uh, to the point where Ismael actually would tell me, look, you got to go home and uh, sleep before you go to work the next day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, good times. Definitely good times. And so now, you know, you've taken your classes, you're, you're getting more acclimated, you're learning. Um, did that moment kind of happen of this girl coming back and you revisiting each other and oh, having that, <laughs> that magic moment in a sense? Yeah. So um, it didn't work out. I was heartbroken. Uh, the distance kind of tore us apart. Yeah. But I kept on dancing. Um, funny thing is that several years later, she reached out to me and we had breakfast together. And at that point, I showed her a video of me performing. And guess who was alongside Grisel Ponce? So we were doing the live music routine mm -hmm. um, that were the instruments. And Grisel Ponce was there and so was I. We were on the same team dancing and it like circled back. You know, the, we saw her and that's the reason I started dancing, seeing that uh, Grisel dance that actually made me want to dance better and take classes to surprise the girl. It didn't work out. And several years later, what happens? I'm on the same team as Grisel Ponce. Wow. So you're talking about Caribbean soul. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, and, and now it makes sense <laughs> because when you just said the music, the routine with the live instruments, I remember that routine because I remember yeah. the performance in Canada. Yes. Remember? I think that was 2003, if I'm not mistaken. I was mistaken. actually looking for that video. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that video. I had it somewhere years ago. I remember it was, and that routine for me in Caribbean Soul was amazing because they took, that's the example of taking it to the next level. Yeah. If people don't understand what I'm saying, there was a routine that the costume was, I think was made into like pianos and guitars. Right. The quad the yeah. yeah. And 
And now I'm like, wait, now when I'm saying like, I remember you from somewhere, not just I've seen you recently, but from somewhere way back and now it all comes full circle. I mean, to, to be in Caribbean soul for many people who don't know like yourself, I mean, not like yourself, like others, what were those experiences like in the early 2000s of being in a group like that and kind of now you went from just learning to actually traveling and performing? Yeah, it was a, definitely a great experience. Again, it's, it's the people, the, the people that are the dancers that we always connected. It was more like a family. And actually that's, that's part of the reason why I bring that to my, my teams moving forward. It's that, that same atmosphere. Um, Ismael always pushing me. Um, I always remember after class, I would create a turn pattern. I would show him and be like, look, Ismael, look what I, what I did. First thing he would do, he'd be like, go to Jamie see if it's leadable. So, mm-hmm. so he'd have me try it out. So he kept on pushing me, pushing me. Man, and and people who don't know, like Ishmael Otero for me, is not just as they call him the legend, but is he's a true mentor because he's a person that honestly, he revolutionized the partner work aspect of salsa dancing, especially in the tri-state, but I think honestly globally. Him alongside as well as Super Mario, but on the actual state side, Ishmael has really revolutionized how we look at music, how we look at the choreography aspect, how adding things in, especially with his partner work. He really is the million moves man and definitely got to give it up to him and all of his uh, amazing conversations. But I love about Ishmael is that he's honest and he's straightforward. Yep. He's going to tell you. Funny thing is that even now when I um, create a routine, I always send it to him and get his feedback because it's it matters. You know, I always right before we debut it or anything, definitely do that and take his his words very uh, you know, to the point. You know, and whatever he says is golden to me. So I thank him for that. Absolutely, and we have here Marlena saying you have that video of that routine on a CD in your documents collection. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> She's got you. So now my next question is, uh, and this is like you said, around the early 2000s and going forward. So you really have that understanding, like myself, of when we tell people it was different back then. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a. Di- it was a different world pre-social media, pre-cell phones, recording videos and performances and shows when you actually had to go to the event to see and the we, show. And then if you wanted the DVD, you, you, have to buy it. you have to buy it or wait a few weeks for it to get in the mail. I mean, this was a process. This is when Blu-ray DVD was like Absolutely. the ultimate. So my question now is, you know, kind of going through the 2000s and with Caribbean Soul, when did that point come that you kind of transitioned out or how did that happen? Okay, so before uh, before I transitioned out on my own, uh, I actually started teaching at uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, with um, Joanna, uh, which is my son's mom. And uh, we actually created first Tumi Mambo uh, with the, the group, dancing group called Signatura. Um, that transitioned out um, as actually at the same time. And what happened is Ismael came up to me and he said, um, he kind of pushed me out. He said, look, he was like, uh, the learning here has stopped. 
you have to go into your next journey. He actually sent me to Victor, Mayovanex, and the Charisma Dancers. Uh, so the next stage was there. Um, so I was dancing with uh, uh, Imagenes, the Charisma, uh, for many years after that. And at the same time, I started teaching on my own and developed my team Signatura at the same time. Man, and and if people don't know Victor Charisma, amazing. <laughs> I, amazing. I tell you, it's like he he moves so like quietly and discreetly because you have the figures like Tomas Correro, Osvaldo Perones, then yeah. you have Victor, then you have Etico, and there's there's certain oh. characters in our mm -hmm. tri-state that. You know, when you see them, you know, those are men of like, I would say royalty in a sense, because yeah. they really, especially having studios and then really creating professional teams from that, that are still traveling the world, even mm -hmm. as the times are changing. And now there's a such of an influx of new teams. I mean, I remember years ago when there were very few groups and very few performing teams and companies, then just... After a few years, hundreds, yeah. <laughs> hundreds. Talking back then, like with uh, Revelation Dancers, yes. Razzmatazz, like all the groups. There were so many groups out there. It's and true. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny, too, because even Daniel here asking, what was the dance culture like back then? And I mean, I definitely have my understanding. But from you, what can you say from that? It was very different. Um, it wasn't. No one was competing against each other. It was just like, no one's trying to be better. No one was trying to show off. It's very like, a, I think it was a more humble atmosphere. Everyone uh, intermingled with each. There was no like, there was, everyone had their own groups, but everyone inter interlocked uh, at the same time. Um, I see some of it now, but mostly I don't. <laughs> I mean, and, and I can say to that question as well, me being younger and growing up in it, uh, um, I would say I started at the age of five or six, around 95. Wow. And then, yeah, so I mean, going way back, 95, <laughs> 96 time, and me being younger growing up in it, um, seeing wow. how then with the addition of social media, uh, before, like I said, when we were at events that, you know, you actually had to go there to watch the show. And if you did it, you would have to find somebody who had the DVD and realizing with the amount of groups that we had at one point that was small um, and people also learning from one another. But also what happened was you had people that were once part of one large company now spreading out and creating their own. And yeah. over time, I realized was that uh, what more artists started to do, and this is my personal opinion, I've said it. Some people agree, some people don't. I think one of the game changers in a very good way, but also a very um, misconceiving way was the Colombian dancers. Yes. And what I meant by that was I remember performing at Connecticut Salsa Fest. And I remember this has had to be like 2009. And I'm just, as a spectator, watching these artists perform and I'm seeing the formulas changing. And what I mean by that was, at one point, everybody, in all my honest opinion, many people who weren't trying to be separate wanted to mirror themselves like Yamule, Santo Rico, yes. Charisma. Um, the list goes on. Editorial's dancers. But then when people saw the Colombians, that's where the tricks, the cabaret aspect, yes. the performance kicked in. 
And what I that was great because it was something new, something refreshing. But on the flip side, what I think was it took certain people out of their element and tried they tried to recreate something that wasn't genuine. Yes. They saw the imagery of the throwing the, the female, the follow in the air and right. catching them and doing all these tricks and seeing what the audience is watching. And I'm seeing the standing ovations, but now years after I'm seeing those same groups now attempting those same styles of tricks to gain right. the overall attention, but you kind of miss the point. Right. Because once you, you start doing all of these tricks, and if you don't land them correctly, <laughs> it just looks off. So, you know, for me, like you said, what I loved about Caribbean Soul as well, especially back then in those days, was the creativity, but everybody was on timing. Right. It actually was fluid and it was fun. It wasn't forced. It was something that, you know, it was something creative and something different. Um, you know, that's for me, my personal opinion, I think. With the influx of cabaret artists, that gave people a different perspective and then started leading salsa groups. Almost everyone's doing a trick. Right. You know, so now with you, of course, going from, and as well, I see Mike here saying charisma had a look and feel that no one had back then. Yeah. And that is true. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I mean, individuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and for me as well, understanding, uh, you know, you starting out in Jersey, of course, with uh, Ishmael and Yesenia, then transitioning, going with Victor Charisma. Then, of course, like you said, years later, having your work with Joanna and creating Dumi Mambo and the Signatura group Thanks. there. So over the years, of course, you you being, a, I would consider a sacero, but a dancer. But in our world, the Sacero, when did you notice the shift of bachata coming in? Oh, okay. So um, let, let me just give a couple shout outs uh, before. So um, I want to thank uh, the, the transition that I, I went through with uh, Caribbean Soul and, and also Charisma because it actually opened doors and I was able to also um do collaborations with other teams i dance with arellis beato yes tropical image dancers big shout out to them uh also um mike rodriguez uh latin reflections yeah uh, we've co co uh, collaborated back then we've done a routine before together and we still again we're working together again mm. uh, big shout out to them so uh let me see when i'm gonna say like 2014 um i joined the jersey touch team uh directed by christina piedra big shout out to her and ricardo um that was my first bachata routine mm. um and from there um i think i did two two seasons with them and i branched out um and started doing sensual Central Bachata, actually, um, uh, just like the other uh, Daniel's interview, that's where I actually met Daniel. Uh, yeah. yeah. So branching out there, um, I met Ataka and Alamana, um, became really good friends. And that, actually they asked us to start some of the teams. Mm. So we didn't wanna 
uh, bump heads with uh, the Jersey Touch team. So we had a kind of go into a different realm, which was Kisomba. Mm. Bachata, which was very new to New Jersey. Um, I wasn't very familiar with the sensual um, style yet. So instead of me trying to teach something I didn't know, I reached out to Kevin Toff, which is from South Jersey, South, uh, South Street Salsa. Mm-hmm. And he's a Zook, a fabulous Zook dancer um, and definitely an incredible sensual dancer. And he actually, I actually had him take the lead and we had New Jersey sensual touch. And that's actually where all my uh, bachata started. And, and, and the reason I asked you that question is because I've noticed with a lot of artists, a lot of guests that I've had on previously, a lot of us started in Saza. But there came a point around 2013, 2014 that a lot of us noticed, some of us even previous, that the bachata scene was growing because we understood. I remember a time, and I kind of beat this like a dead horse. I remember the times when bachata was maybe played at a concert <laughs> event, maybe at in a Congress you had a little room or they played a section, but realizing years later the impact, and now you have bachata only Congresses. and. Maybe. Yeah, and realizing a lot of the artists that I know, of course, were saceros or saceras and transitioned into bachata. Maybe intentionally or unintentionally, I noticed that trend. And sometimes you can really tell an artist when they've had that training. Uh, but for me, seeing a, a team in Jersey, because we understand Ataka La Mana especially was so influential in our areas because they brought um, you know, bachata dancing into more uh, of a mainstream light for us and realizing, you know, they were doing more of a modern style. We had the traditional styles, but it was sensual bachata, in my personal opinion, that really even kind of skyrocketed because I feel, in my personal opinion, people, um, the attention grabber was there. That factor was there more. When the leads can look how the follow moves. And it, it was just more, it caught people's eyes and caught people's attention more. And I think really sensual, again, was that part of bachata that really just influenced a whole world in a sense. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, and then, so you kind of coming from, of course, the salsa world in the early 2000s and we're in 2013, 2014 time, mm-hmm. you're now uh, a, bachata, a bachata dancer in a sense. We're now being a director of that. What was those moments like of kind of now, hey, I'm not dancing salsa anymore. Was it kind of an easy transition or were, were there kind of some bumps along the way? Um, like I said, I didn't want to take on the uh, being the director of it uh, and teaching it if I didn't know it. So I actually uh, had someone, I hired someone um, who led the team. I still did, still did the directing of the team, but not the actual uh, artistry of it. Um, so I hired someone and I actually got trained by them and little by little, and I actually reached out to the people who actually did the choreography, Chavez and Sylvia from Spain. They're the ones who were actually were uh, the ones who choreographed the routines for essential touch. Uh, so I reached out to them directly and they took a couple privates, uh, several privates with them. We were chatting online. So they definitely helped me grow as a sensual dancer. Um, 
And uh, one of the people that was on my team was uh, uh, Patrick, DJ Selfie. Yes. Yeah. Big shout out to DJ Selfie. I mean, one of the great Bachata remix producers that I have seen and that I know personally. He's a really humble guy, a man of sometimes few words, but, you know, you always know he's there. Definitely. Actually, we, we witnessed the birth of uh, DJ Selfie at, a, uh, what was it, the... Uh, in Boston, we were at a Congress and we we're trying to give him names. And that's where we, where he was born. Uh, DJ self, we gave him the name and then took off from there. Man. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Realizing, you know, a person going from the dancing world and now becoming, you know, in my opinion, not just an up and coming, but he, he's on his way to becoming a polarizing figure in our scene for years that's to come. Cool. Because I, I love the, the, the challenge of the type of music he uses and the selections that he uses, but also his collaboration with oh, uh, middle bass and, you know, realizing, especially with music evolving and the art forming evolving with central bachata, especially uh, what I love is that we're using a lot of the English songs and meshing it with that bachata feel. And mm. I think that also helped spread the awareness. Absolutely. Because it showed people you don't just have to listen to the Latin quote unquote artists. You can mesh all different types of styles. But what I do really respect to with the sensual side of bachata is, um, especially with dance directors like yourself that were saying, hey, you know, I'm still getting the training in this, but actually hiring the artists that I love watching to help create a routine is even more important. And seeing that collaboration. So it's spreading that awareness from those artists that, you know, come from places like Spain and all yeah. other parts of the world. And now they're collaborating with the states. And I just think everything in total, the bachata scene in, uh, in the mid 2010s was definitely that birth point. Um, and again, big shout out to TJ Selfie and, sure. and his start and seeing where he's still going now. He He's really an amazing artist. Absolutely. Big shout out to him. Absolutely. So, you know, you performing, of course, over the years, um, whether it was for a team, but now actually having your own team as well, just within the Island Touch Collective. What is it like for you as a performer on that stage? I know you've done it maybe hundreds of times already, but when you're going or right before you go on stage, what are those feelings like for you? <laughs> the nerves never go away. And I tell all my dancers, uh, I, I, well, for me, um, I'm always nervous. <laughs> I always feel like I'm going to throw up before I go on stage. Uh, but once I'm at that stage, it's just full concentration and enjoying the, the routine. I love performing. I mean, since since dancing as a, as a wannabe Manudo, since I was a young kid. <laughs> Man, so with you as well, still doing all types of collaborations and projects, and kind of after, you know, you're doing the work with Island Touch and you're starting, of course, still traveling. What are some of your most memorable moments at some of your favorite congresses or festivals? Uh, a lot of the touch events, um, they're probably some of my favorite ones. Um, Miami, definitely. Um, Tampa, great events. Um, I, I think what makes it uh, so much more enjoyable is, is the people that we go with. Um, 
Mm. Typically, you know, we go as a team and it's for some of them, it's the experience because they've never been to one of these before. So just being able to enjoy that um, and actually being able to have Ataka come to our room and have a, like a shot with us and everyone like meeting them. So, you know, here they are watching them on YouTube and here now they, they come to our room and actually meet them, hug them. So it's just the experience that I give to the dancers when we go to these events. That's very rewarding for me. Absolutely, absolutely. So now my last question, um, before I actually get into a nice little segment, um, is, you know, we've had COVID, of course, or we've been going through COVID, of course, still. But take me back. What was actually your last event before COVID hit? <laughs> so. Um, we were planning uh, the April before COVID hit it was going to be our five-year anniversary at Step mm -hmm. Up Studio. It was going to be a, an amazing event. We we're going to have Huracan there uh, performing. We had a lot of top-notch dancers, um, Spirits in Motion, 3.0, so many, so many performances lined up, um, and it hits. And, you know, it, it took that away from us. And we actually would have celebrated our sixth year last month, but unfortunately, um, we got to put it on hold. So hopefully we could do seven. Lucky number seven. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I would say definitely when I talk to or I ask artists about this question a lot, um, when they think about that last event they were at and that memory of not thinking about, oh, things are going to just shut down from no. one day to another. And I think especially with COVID, uh, it affecting our dance community greatly because one thing we love doing is connecting with everyone. So now that being taken away from us um, was hard. Um, and realizing too, as we've spoken as well, that I appreciate and I'm thankful that you know a business like yourself with Step Up Dance Studio is still around uh, because there have been so many artists, uh, so many studios that are no longer working or just have mm -hmm. stopped and, and realizing we have to support and spread that love and spread that awareness of the studios that are still here and mm -hmm. still kicking. And for me, again, I appreciate that, you know, you are still here because as a member of our dance community for so many years, um, on the various stages you performed at, from the very social dances you have, I mean, your, your story and your journey matters. And, you know, for me, a question I have is, you know, with now COVID and, you know, things are coming back to some type of normalcy, what do you feel is the outlook of the future of our dance community? I feel like uh, we should definitely not think it's over. Uh, always be safe. Um, try to be as safe as possible. Um, uh, don't take it for granted. Um, a lot of us, you know, take dance for granted. Um, take every dance as it's your last. Uh, enjoy the moment. Uh, enjoy the people around you, your surroundings. Uh, really treasure what we have, you know, um, because we don't realize that until it's taken away. Um, and I think COVID made, made us realize a lot of that. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I love the honesty and the transparency of how you speak about things, because again, we realize, uh, you know, most of us, we love dance. It's an escape for our reality sometimes, but I think also 
this virus and these moments that we're in have shown us how much more our families and everything else mean a lot more. And yeah. realizing we can still, even if we're coming back, do it in a much safer manner because, again, the choices that we make not only affect us, it can affect many of us. So, I mean, for me, I, I definitely commend your approach on that and your understanding. And before we get into uh, the segment that I called the randoms, I did want to show this last video, a video that I really admired. Uh, this goes back to, I was actually filming, not this specific video, but I was definitely in the front row at this event, the New Jersey Bachata Festival in 2016, all the way, you know, out there in uh, the Hotel ML, I believe it was called. I think they're, I think they're gonna have a, a new location. Oh yes, so now yes, yes, big shout out to the New Jersey Bachata Festival with Vladi and Mikey G, yes. and definitely can't wait to see what they have coming. So everyone, before we get to the randoms, please enjoy this video. One of my favorite performances from Jesse and Alexandra. Check it out, New Jersey Bachata Festival 2016. love that performance for sure. And it, it's funny that I'm watching this because then I'm looking at like you and your partner are amazing. And before we even get to the randoms, I actually want to bring it back and help us understand really how Step Up started. Uh, how, yeah, really how Step Up Dance Studio really started for you. All right. So um, for many years, um, 
many years I was renting out studio space at different locations, uh, Cranford, New Jersey, Westfield, New Jersey, Garwood, New Jersey, uh, even Linden, like at a gym I was teaching. Um, and at the time I was, I was working for Horizon Blue Cross as a trainer and um, I got laid off. So it uh, got me thinking a lot. And um, my daughter's mom, Marlena, um, actually believed in me and said that, you know, I think it's time that you have the time now, you have the talent to be able to build out your studio. Um, and uh, she pushed me to do it. And we opened up Step Up Dance Studio. And actually, in that period, I, I was working as a, in construction mm. for about a year, which gave me the ability and, and the knowledge to actually build it out myself. So what was once a rundown uh, old gym, we made it into Step Up Dance Studio. Man. And the rest is history. That's amazing. I mean, really, like you said, really working from the ground up. I mean, taking that responsibility as a studio owner uh, because I've realized, too, many studios that have been around and many that are no longer around, I mean, we really realize a lot of times in the initial beginning, you're going to lose a lot of money. There's a lot of money you're going to be investing into your business, and one day it hopefully uh, reaps those benefits. And realizing, too, in New Jersey, what I love about New Jersey, especially besides just living in New York, is the space factor. Yes. And realizing there's so much land in Jersey that when I hear of a new studio opening up, I know it's got to be large, a lot larger than studios in New York City. Uh, and realizing too now as a studio owner, my question to you is, what were those moments like of really having now the community be at, you know, you being now within the community, not just attending someone else's event, but people actually coming to your studio for events. Uh, it was a fabulous feeling, uh, but you know, thankfully we have a lot of support from all the other studio uh, studios nearby. Because I always made it a point uh, as a team, we would definitely try to support as many other studio events as we can. So they just reciprocated. Absolutely, and definitely big shout out to Marlena for sure. Uh, understanding, you know, people's words of wisdom really helps, and realizing if that wouldn't have happened, what would have really happened years later from that. Absolutely. So you know, and understanding now, your work now with Alexandra. Yes. If I'm saying it right, hopefully I'm saying it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were those moments like now of you kind of getting back into or always being involved in dancing? At one point, directing other people or being part of a group, but now you solely with just a partner at this point and you kind of going through the motions. Uh, it was a, definitely a magical experience. Um, uh, connection was there from the very beginning. Uh, we took on many different um, uh, leaps into things that we, we weren't familiar with. Like uh, we reached out to, to definitely a, a lot of different um, choreographers to bring out something different. The routine that you just saw was actually choreographed uh, by Danny Salsita uh, from Colombia, which is a world champion out there. Uh, he actually choreographed the routine for us. And, and if you see it, it's very different than what you typically see. Uh, and what he calls it is called bachata voz, because instead of that, they actually match the voices or what they're saying. So a uh, big shout out to Danny Salsita. Absolutely. 
you know, and and realizing too, like you said, with the collaboration of working with other artists Absolutely. to create art, uh, and realizing that I, I feel the same way. I think uh, with a lot of schools, there's always been stigmas of, especially in the same vicinity, same uh, county, even same neighborhood. Uh, there's always that conflict of maybe competition. But realizing, I've always seen that when teams and companies are working along together, really for the common goal, everybody wins. I think Absolutely. that's really what's most important. Also here, Daniel says, also Jesse's words of wisdom were hugs for me, were huge for me in my own dance career. Always appreciated him for that. And Thank realizing you. too, Jesse, that over the years from you just being a novice dancer to being a dance director and really in a sense, a leader within your dance community, um, it's really come full circle. It's also shown the guidance that you've had over the years because I've met many dancers and their attitudes vary. And for me, I'm really big on maturity and growth and progression instead of regression. Um, right. And seeing just how far you've come is amazing. And, you know, really hearing the, the story of how it all started, even before dance, how dance came into your life, uh, how you took in, how you took your first class and those experiences uh, to performing with the very group you love, with the very dancer that right. inspired you, Miss Kitty Ponce, um, and then you transitioning and still being a part of this community. It's your stories and your journey that I love because this right here is more of documentation of when people say, hey, what was it like? Or if they have those questions, you got the answers right here. And it's not always going to be a person from New York or LA. Right. Jersey got some hitters. Jersey got some dancers. I mean, Jersey has history. That's that's yeah. what I can say. Jersey has so much history, whether it's in the salsa scene, bachata scene, kizomba scene, zook scene. You know, New Jersey is definitely vast. And I definitely appreciate all of the artists that are in Jersey and abroad working together. As well, big shout out to Miss Rosa. That's yeah. my mom, <laughs> my mommy. Shout <laughs> out to Mama Love. And, you know, realizing again is that what I appreciate you most about you, Jesse, is that you take you adhere to the responsibility that you have as a teacher. And it's not just about choreography. It's about the impact you leave on your students. And, you know, I, I really feel like at least tonight we've gotten a really a, a good glimpse of understanding of who you are. But I really don't feel in one interview we can get everything. But uh, we'll definitely leave that for another time. But now it helps us transition to our last segment called The Randoms, which is about 10 questions. Oh, man. It allows me to get to know you a little better. And yes, then, first. <laughs> yes, take a little sip, uh, as well as I. <laughs> Cheers, my brother. Cheers. Salud. <laughs> and all I need to know, Jesse, is when you are ready. I'm ready. All right. If you could have one meal right now, what would it be? Oh, man. Viste a lo pobre by my mom's dish. Very good. I like that plug. I, I love you it. I thought, it is. Go, I thought you was going to go, you know, restaurant on me, but, you know, you got to no, take man. <laughs> A big steak, fried eggs, mm. rice, and french fries. The best. I love it. All right. Next question is, if you could be at one dance event right now, what would it be? Hmm. 
And wait, and I'm gonna give you a disclaimer. You can't say anything with step up dance to the end. No, I wasn't gonna go there anyway. <laughs> oh, one event. Oh man. Oh, Providence Dance Festival. Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, absolutely, man. I definitely hope in the future I can attend. And even though um, I'm actually in a few years moving to Rhode Island. So I definitely look forward to that. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh, yes. Rhode, Rhode Island is beautiful. I've been going since 2017. Carlos, uh, Brennan Contreras, Maury. That oh, well right there. I mean, Providence is beautiful. I, I tell anyone, definitely when things are better, please definitely check out the, the Providence scene out there, especially water fire area. Oh, yeah. Everything is, is beautiful. All right. Next question, Jesse. So my question is to you. What is a dream vacation destination for you when things are way more normal and you can say, hey, I can go on this one trip. Where are you going to go? I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Mm. So but Hawaii with with Alex, my kids, my family, that would be like the perfect vacation. Nice. And nothing dance related. Perfect. I love it. All right. Next question is, what did 10-year-old Jesse want to be? Well, Manulo. <laughs> One of the Manulos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I was, I was going to see if it was going to sway off somewhere else, but you got it had to stick it to Manudo. All right. Next question is, and this one I call a very spicy question what is a huge turn off for jesse when they are dancing with someone at a social when i'm dancing with someone yes what is something your huge pet peeve with someone that's dancing with you uh, i'm gonna probably get a lot of hate on this but um over styling mm. over styling I know what you mean. <laughs> I've seen lack, lack of connection and overstyling. Man. <laughs> it, it's when you say that because the amount of overstyling or I would say overcompensation. Yeah. Um, especially when a camera is like right there and the mm -hmm. person just thinks, okay, now we're supposed to just go take it to another level when if you just keep it natural, keep it genuine, everything yeah. will work because and, and and I think too what I love asking this question to not just the male, but female um, part of the communities is that the answers not only are different, but I think it's also answers like yourself that people need to hear mm -hmm. because it's not always the leads issue, even though the leads most of the time will take the blame for that and the accountability for it. I think it's also as well as the follow has to understand it has to be a connection with both. It can't just be one leading someone. There has to be a balance. And same thing with the leaders. I mean, I think um, don't overdo it. You know, enjoy the song. Um, I don't know. Ismail always told me to be original, um, and and I thank Charisma for for giving me like that the smoothness. I'm not a showboat type of person. When I dance, I just I keep it smooth, simple, and enjoyable. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Next question is, are you more of a partner work person or a footwork person? Partner work. Okay. I, I got to respect that for sure. Next question is, what would be your superpower? Um, 
I must say that I cheated a little bit because uh, I hear all your discussion, so I kind of was prepared for it, but it definitely is uh, an important one. So my superpower, I would like to have the ability to bring people back to life. Mm. And I would, the first person would be my dad. I would bring my dad back to life. And it's very deep. And, and that, when I do ask that question, I've had people tell me the same thing because it allows them to really dig deep within themselves and understand Mm -hmm. if they had something that many people don't have and have that power and that opportunity, what they would use it for. So I definitely respect that answer. My next question, I'm going to change things up. (laughs) I'm going to change this up. You only have, you're at an event right now, sitting front row. The last three shows are coming. Who are they? Oh, wow. Hmm. All right, definitely MLA. I'm a, I've always been a fan of Yamale. Um, Huracan. Mm. And George and Tanya. I love it. I mean, and definitely, I, I definitely see why for sure. So big shouts out to everyone with Yamale, Huracan, with Jeff, and uh, of course, Takalamana. So my next and second before last question is, what is a special talent that Jesse has that no one really knows? Um, some people might know, but I have a few talents. But uh, drawing, I can draw. I'm very artistic. Um, and I'm very handy. Mm. I could definitely um, build a lot. I've been building a lot during this COVID time uh, in our new house. So. Man, I mean, that's that's beautiful. I mean, especially during this COVID time, many people have picked up different uh, hobbies, but some people have more enhanced the things that they love doing. So definitely love that. And this last question here, I love asking, is called the island question. Oh, man. <laughs> right. So you, you probably definitely know how this goes. So uh, you're on an island. Disclaimer, there is no Wi-Fi. Who, and now I'm going to change this up. Yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you got me. So the three things, you can only have three people, and you can even group the people together. Group them? Yes. So you can if say, say family. If I say family, I can have my whole family. <laughs> yeah, you can have your whole family. I'll, I'll give that to you. I'll give that. I'll give that to you. Good. Good. My brothers, my sister, my mom, my kids. And Alex, and so I have one more. I'd have to group some of my closest friends together. I think I wouldn't need anything but my family, uh, my loved ones, and, and my my best friends. Mm, I love that. I love that. And and again, Jesse, I appreciate you doing this segment. I love doing it because it allows myself and the audience to have some fun, but also learn a little bit more about yourself. Uh, and I definitely really appreciate it. And now it helps us transition to our conclusion of our interview tonight. And Jesse, honestly, from start to finish, even with our private conversation, having the ability to reconnect in some form or fashion, especially what we're all going through, uh, is really meaningful. Um, Again, I'm thankful I can have a platform that allows artists like yourself uh, to be here and share your stories from your own perspective, uh, because I don't want the artists that I admire and I love uh, 
and their stories to fall by the wayside years from now when people ask, hey, I just wanted to know a little bit more about this artist. And, you know, having this platform means a lot having you on. Um, and at least before we go, I'd love to know if you had any last few words for myself and the audience. Yeah. Um, so if to all those people, if we ever had any beef in the past, um, um, any person I may have hurt in the past, um, I want to apologize to them, kind of start fresh. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow will be like. Um, definitely more, um, more united um, world in general. Um, and always think um, good. Always think good things and, and try to lean towards that way. Um, and that's basically it. Um, unity, love, respect. Yeah. Definitely appreciate that. But also before we do go, I'd love to know if you had any contact info or how people can reach you and learn more info about Step Up Dance Studio and also your new projects coming up. Uh, right now we um, don't have any new projects. Actually, yes, we have quite a few, but we haven't started yet. We have um, a collaboration with uh, Latin Reflections, Mike and Tanya. So mm -hmm. we'll be working on something uh, together. Um, I'll be working on his team. He'll be working on mine, and we're going to start something fresh. Um, I'm on Facebook, Jesse Yip. Uh, Instagram, same thing, Jesse Yip. Uh, website, Step Up Dance Studio, uh, uh, NJ. Um, Step Up uh, Dance NJ on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. Absolutely, man. And honestly, I really thank you for coming on tonight, representing Jersey to the fullest, uh, a person that again, that I've seen for many years in this dance community. And, you know, even not just as a director, but as a family man, I definitely admire you. And I definitely hope in the future, we can definitely all connect. Um, Absolutely. You know, and when things are much more normal, uh, we'll all be happy once again. But I appreciate you taking your time and your effort coming to the platform tonight. It really was great. It was really great connecting with you and everyone else has been commenting. There are some also other comments uh, along here that you can check out after. But everyone, thank you tonight for a really special episode, a refreshing episode uh, between myself, Diamond Rivera. Here we have Jesse Yip from Step Up Dance Studio in New Jersey. I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this was an amazing interview. So everyone, please have a great night, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Diamond. The pleasure. Thank you. God bless Thank you, everyone. God bless. Stay safe.